Welcome to Five to Thrive, five strategies to equip and empower educators, parents, and students to thrive. And here are your hosts, Dr. Rhoda and Professor Marty. Okay, listeners, would you please stand if you think your life is crazy busy? Now, now granted, if you're listening to this podcast and you're driving, don't stand unless you have a sunroof. But uh, if you think it's if you think your life is crazy busy, uh, Dr. Rhoda and I can relate somewhat. And that's just one of the many reasons why we came up with these podcasts. And it's also one of the, uh, the reasons that we came up with new show notes. Now, if you're interested in receiving the show notes, they're absolutely free. Just go to the website, click on show notes. Uh, all we ask for is your first name, last name, and your email. And then the question is, well, what do you get out of the show notes? Well, you get some pertinent information on what we're talking about, but you also have an opportunity to continue the discussion, be it with your spouse at home or teacher to teacher, or it can be used, we foresee it being used even for uh, professional development. Uh, the point is we always, both of us, love learning and want to continue to learn. And this gives you an option in this crazy busy life that we're all in to have somewhat of an outline and direction to go. Yeah, Professor Marty and I are always talking about how grateful we are for you. And this is just one of those things that that you were saying, this would be helpful. Some How do we continue the conversation, continue the discussion? So the show notes will help you, whether you're talking to fellow colleagues about students, whether you're talking to your spouse about your children, whether you're talking to your neighbor, we get together with a mom's group. These are just some discussion points to carry on the conversation. And it's our way of saying, here, let's, let's bolster up this conversation a little bit further. Uh, the other thing we want to thank you for is we have now been uh, recording Five to Thrive, sharing it with you for about nine months. Mm -hmm. And we have hit a couple of landmarks that are just very exciting. We have over 6,000, well over 6,000 people listening to our podcast. So thank you, listeners. In 19 countries. Which is pretty awesome. So this is already bigger than what we had ever hoped for and, and reaching people. So we're just thankful to you. We're thankful to our Lord for giving us this opportunity and that he is blessing it. So very excited about these things. And thank you when you share the link, uh, when you share the news, when you share the website or the podcast location with other people, um, our goal is to equip parents and educators to help young people thrive. So the more people we can support and equip, we're really excited about that. So thank you for your help with that. And as always, whenever you send us comments, we both look over every email that we receive. We talk about it and say, wow, this is a great idea. How can we incorporate it now or in the future? So please keep the comments coming. Okay, today's topic will focus on an area of particular interest to me uh, for two main reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, teachers regularly bring this topic up. You know, it, it's, a, it's a real concern and Dr. Rhoda and I have, have talked about it quite a bit. In fact, uh, just recently in a Gallup poll, nearly half of all teachers say they experience this at high levels every single day. Uh, the other reason this topic is so meaningful for me is I have learned uh, painful life-altering lessons based on how I have approached this topic. And so it is near and dear to my heart. And so once again, Dr. Rhoda is here and she meets this topic head on. And really, I continue to learn uh, about this topic and how we all can manage this topic better. So what is stressful for you? If there's one thing that we know that is damaging to physical health, emotional health, and spiritual health, it's stress. 
If you talk to medical doctors, if you talk to pastors, if you talk to psychologists, they will all say that stress is one of the underlying factors that are impacting physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Study after study demonstrates that stress attacks our physical bodies, physically, actually like with the telomeres in our DNA, as we experience chronic stress. And so we just wanna spend a little bit of time talking about that today. So what is stress? I wanna encourage you to, to re realize that stress in itself is not a bad thing. Short-term stress is good for us. When we become frightened or startled, there's a part of our brain called the amygdala that takes over. Neurochemicals like adrenaline and cortisol shoot through our body. This actually aids in our survival. If I were to step off of a curb and not see that a car was coming, I would just quickly, I would react. It's that fight, flight, or freeze. And you act quickly in an attempt to stay alive. Uh, stress is a good, positive thing. It's meant to be short-term. That's the key. And I think, think about times in your life where you're like, wow, how did that just happen? Mm -hmm. I mean, based on, mm -hmm. based on that, that flight yeah. kicking in, that's just the way the Lord has provided us protection for events that occur so quickly that if we'd have to process the information, uh, we probably wouldn't be here. When my nephew was a toddler, a car backed up over him and his head was pinned between the pavement and the car tire. And this was on a military base. Two guys came over and they lifted up the car and got my nephew out from underneath it. It was stress that allowed them to do that, right? Stress saved my nephew's life. So really, the big takeaway here is stress is not always a bad thing. I mean, if you type in stress on Google, it comes up, this is such a bad thing again and again and again. It depends on how you perceive it. It's part of how God designed us. We're supposed to have stress, but we're supposed to have short-term stress. However, chronic stress is not good. And what I mean by chronic is day after day, day in, day out, when you wake up stressed. We're not meant to be constantly stressed for most of the day, day after day. Through sleep and physical activity, and I would also say time in God's word, mm -hmm. we're supposed to reset our stress baseline. So as we sleep, we go through the day and there are stressors, and then we go to sleep and our baseline for stress settles back down. And then we wake up the next morning, we don't wake up stressed, we go through the day, we have stress. So stress, sleep is the thing that brings it back down. The other thing that we just know uh, brings stress down is exercise. So good physical exertion helps deal with the stress chemicals within our body and relaxes us. And then as Christians, spending time in God's word, recalibrating our compass, finding true joy, finding true peace, understanding that uh, the world has a savior and we're not it. Those are the things that can really help us uh, manage that stress. But we get into trouble when we wake up stressed. That's when we're experiencing chronic stress. So do you agree or disagree with the statement? Going to run through a few, uh, few scenarios here. I'm going to posit that stress is a matter of perception. Do you agree? Let's think about this. Some people jump out of perfectly good airplanes and are not stressed by it. I am not one of them. <laughs> I want to someday. Still a little stressed. That is not on my bucket list at all. <laughs> Some people intentionally swim with sharks. I swam with a shark, but it was not intentional. I was very stressed. That is not on my bucket list either. <laughs> some people hunt for crocodiles and alligators. So, for, for some people, technology is very, very stressful. For some others, it's not. Some people are afraid of mice or spiders or snakes. Other people have these things for pets. Yeah, hard to believe. <laughs> They're stress relievers for some people. Some people avoid conflict at all costs. For other people, it's not stressful at all. For police officers and attorneys, it's just a part of their daily life. So I'm going to posit a theory that when we feel stress, we oftentimes feel like we're out of control. Stress is a perception 
of lack of control. So, so tell me a little bit more about this. Yeah, so if somebody is going intentionally swimming with sharks, they probably know a little bit about sharks. They know how to detect a shark that's aggressive from a breed of shark that's not aggressive. They know where to swim, what time to swim, what to avoid, what to wear, what not to wear. They feel like they're in control of the situation. They've studied it, they understood it, so they're not really stressed by it. I, on the other hand, I'm just out snorkeling and up swims a shark. No, nothing. It was very, I was felt very out of control. I was very, very stressed. Okay. When I think of attorneys, they are trained. Their amygdala, that thing that gets fired up for survival, it just doesn't get fired up. They know how to stay calm, cool, and collected amongst conflict. They're in control. They have studied this. They know what they're going to do. They have a plan. Police officers, they have a protocol. They have a plan. So it would be stressful for me isn't necessarily stressful for them because they know what they're doing. They feel like they're in control. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So what does this mean for us as parents? What does this mean for us as teachers? There's so many things that are out of our control. As followers of Jesus, we know how this all ends. You and I can be at peace knowing that he has promised to never leave us or forsake us. He's with us. He asks us to cast our cares and anxieties on him and to trust him. And we know that in the end of this life, we have an eternity of perfection and bliss waiting for us. And so I don't have to be in control of everything because I know who is in control. And that's going to be a stress reliever for me. But by constantly reminding ourselves of those promises, we can put worry in its place and we can actually rewire our brain not to stress so much. Chronic stress and anxiety means that we have wired our brain to constantly react with a worst case scenario. We have gotten into a habit of worry. And see, that is really, really concerning because if we look specifically at teachers, and we're all talking about upcoming uh, teacher shortage mm -hmm. throughout the nation. We're feeling the impacts here. But, you know, half of all teachers, when they start the profession, uh, half of them leave within the first five years. And one of the significant contributing factors is that chronic stress. So as educators, I mean, it's often in our DNA where we want to control, 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 We're order, 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 order. We order, want it to be right. Such. Yeah. But, but the reality is we need to think back to what you just said and God's got it under control. It doesn't mean you negate your duties, right. but at the same time, you can't be anxious about everything every day because that just simply happens. Exactly. 40% of teachers report that they are experiencing chronic stress on a daily basis. So almost half of teachers are self-reporting that they're waking up feeling stressed. And that's self-reporting. Yeah. Let's just put this in perspective here a little bit. We spend our days with kids. I mean, granted, there is a great privilege in helping young people develop into who they should be, but nobody's dying based on what we're doing, right? We're not really, if we try to keep it in perspective... God is taking care of the big stuff. He asks us to go be faithful. He asks us to go spend time with his kids and to love them and to help them develop to their full God-given potential. And when we can keep that kind of mindset to where we don't catastrophize and go to the worst possible place, when we get good sleep, when we get good exercise, when we eat health in a healthy manner, when we take care of ourselves, when we make time to be in God's word, when we make time to spend time with family and friends and things we've talked about in other wellness podcasts on as we talk about these things, all of those lead into this, that then we can go and find joy in what we do on a daily basis. I mean, in my personal experience, it's rarely the children who cause me stress. It's usually, 
usually the adults that well, I work I with. Know. I have four kids at home, so I may disagree. Yeah, with you my on world's that a little one. bit different than yours. No. I have a dog at no. home. <laughs> okay, so I was talking about how chronic stress and anxiety means that we've wired our brain to constantly react to the worst case scenario that we've gotten into this habit of worry. We now need to rewire our brain to be at peace. And so that's what I'm going to talk about now is here's how do we rewire our brain instead of thinking that it's always going to be the worst case thing. So worry, stress, anxiety, here's a noise in the bush and goes to the fact that it must be a snake or it must be a bear. When in all reality, it's probably a rabbit mm -hmm. or a bird hopping around in there, right? So we need to like rewire our brain to stop thinking worst case scenario. So what can we do? First off, we want to spend time in the word being reminded of God's promises. We're reminded that the world has a savior. We're not it, right? So as we spend time in that word, new neural pathways develop. And as we memorize God's word, as we hear his promises over and over again, that becomes a part of our, our thought process, which then gets wired in with our beliefs. Number two, think peace-filled thoughts over and over again. Memorize his promises. Write his promises and your blessings in a gratitude journal. Look for the good in the world. Rewire our brain with the promises of Jesus. We want to get to the point, that point where we hear a noise in the bush. Our first thought isn't, it's a bear. We think it's probably a bird, right? And that just is a rewiring of our brain as we think about this over and over again. And, and as we're going through these, we also have to be realistic. You can't do everything. Right. Something has to give. So, uh, you know, we're both giving you permission to say, look, you, you can't always, excuse the phrase, but you can't always walk on water. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to feel like you're not accomplishing everything because God didn't design you to, as an individual, accomplish everything. I think one of the bill of goods that we've sold each other in our society is that perfectionism exists and that we can do things perfectly or we're not going to be happy until we... most people that I know that are perfectionists are, are really struggling with not being good enough. And you and I know that our worth doesn't come from what we do or what we say. Our worth comes from our identity and who we are in Jesus, that he was perfect and his perfection makes us enough. And so we're going to mess up. We're not going to have it all figured out. We're not going to do it all right. We're going to make mistakes. You know, welcome to the human experience, right? Right. <laughs> uh, this side of heaven. Another thing we can do to just help us uh, in, a, in a good place, in a healthy place, less stressed is exercise. I mentioned earlier, exercise is one of the quickest and best ways to level out and normalize our brain chemistry. Number four, sleep. Make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. You know, I recently have removed my phone from my bedroom and it's really making a difference in how I sleep. I was waking up halfway through the night on a regular basis and I couldn't figure out why all of a sudden. And it turns out I'd wake up and I'd look at my phone, I'd check the time and, oh, I'm just gonna check this and check this. And then pretty soon my mind's working and I can't get back to sleep. It was subconscious, you know, I'm asleep. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to wake up and check my phone. You know, and some of those patterns that we have so wired ourselves to do. Mm -hmm. know, uh, on the way to school this morning, I turned on the radio. I said, no, I'm going to turn it off. I'm just going to listen to around me. Turn it on. Ten seconds later, it's such a habit. And the same yeah. is true. Cell phones, et cetera. If you really yeah. stop and think, you can pretty much pick up. Uh, on areas that we can we can all work on. Yeah, absolutely. And then number five, we also want to consider our diet. Processed food, sugar, caffeine for some can really add to the levels of increased heart activity and stress. So, And I just, just want to stress, caffeine for some, okay? <laughs> That's important because I think that I don't fit into that category. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what about kids? So for adults, we want to spend time in the Word, rewire our brains to think peaceful thoughts, exercise, sleep, consider our diet. What about for kids? Children watch what we're doing. 
Worry is a learned characteristic. Let me say this again. Worry is a learned characteristic. Babies aren't born to worry. Children left to their own devices very rarely worry. They pick on, up on it from us. So as you take care of yourself, and as you spend time in the Word and think peace-filled thoughts over and over and rewire your brain and you get exercise and you get sleep and you monitor your diet, see how food impacts your stress levels, we're then able to help children do these same things. The other biggie for children, and I'm going to have a whole podcast on this sometime because it's just so important, is unscheduled playtime. Most kids today are not getting enough playtime. And I would encourage not playtime with video games, but to get outside, get active, use your imagination, swing on swings, ride bicycles, climb on the jungle gym, ride an imaginary horse around your backyard like I used to do. Or, you know, the, the, the stick, the broom becomes mm -hmm. your horse. Or, um, you know, pretend like your bicycle's a motorcycle. And it's okay to be inside as well, but again, without technology. Just letting the children use their own minds, their own imaginations. It's good for identity development. It's good for autonomy. It's just, it's, it's good for their stress levels. Unsupervised play without adults telling them what to do. Technology basically structures our time and decides what we should do and when we should do it. And kids need time, play time that is completely unstructured. They play how they want to play. They determine what that is. If it's playing with a doll or having tea or playing with Legos or coloring, it's their choice with no adult interference as to what they're doing unless they're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, just letting kids play. Boy, do they ever need that today. So really, really, really sound points. So if you're a teacher out there and you're saying, wow, I have to be the absolute best teacher I can be. I have to be the absolute best parent I can be. I have to be a member of the community. Uh, I need to do recruiting for the school. The answer is you can't do everything. And so all of those have great value. It's finding what works with you and relying on the others around you. And this is really good practical information for kids too. I mean, the reality is sometimes when I go home, I just kind of hope my kids are on some electronic device because that gives me a little bit of downtime. But what I should be doing, and, and I often do, is encouraging them to be creative, to, to, to play outside. Build a fort um, in the living room. Uh, maybe outside. <laughs> that too. Depends on the weather, right? <laughs> Rainy day. So, okay, very good. So, yeah, it's um, we all need to have a little bit more fun. Need to relax a little bit. Trust the promises of God. Both adults and kids, we, we need to play more. Our goal in Five to Thrive is to equip and support educators and parents as they help each child develop to his or her full God-given potential. So here are five takeaways to consider. Number one, spend time in the Word, being reminded of His promises, God's promises. Number two, think peaceful thoughts over and over again. Uh, this will help rewire our brain. Number three, probably the most difficult for me, exercise. Exercise is one of the quickest and best ways to level out and normalize our brain chemistry. Number four, get enough sleep. And number five, consider your diet. And as with all of these, if you're willing to do this, you can certainly model it and your students will, your students and your kids will pick up on that. Thanks for taking the time to learn with us. Let us know how you're doing. If you have questions, challenges, or successes you want to share, please let us know through the comment section of our website. May your week be blessed.